Hey, everybody, thank you for joining us today. We pray that this message reaches you wherever you are at today in whatever situation you are facing. We pray that the Lord ministers to your life. Hang on till the end, and I want to say a couple more things to you before we're done. Amen. Won't you stand today, if you will? We're in this series, Looking Back, Looking Forward. I want to talk to you this morning about the idea of vision for the future. Habakkuk chapter 2, very familiar passage of Scripture. Are you ready to hear the word of the Lord this morning? Habakkuk says, I will stand my watch and set myself on the rampart and watch to see what he will say to me and what I will answer when I am corrected. Just a a note that I thought was interesting as I studied this. This has nothing to do with my message, but I love the way Habakkuk expects when God speaks for him to be corrected. I think we need that kind of relationship with the Lord. We realize we don't know everything. And when he speaks to me, he's going to tell me, God doesn't just come along to coddle us and always tell us everything we want to hear. And I love Habakkuk says, I'm ready to be corrected when he speaks. I think that's a good posture when listening for the word of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Then the Lord answered me and said, write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet, somebody say yet, is yet for an appointed time. But at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it. Because it will surely come, it will not tarry. Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you that you do correct us. That we serve a God who puts us in order. And Father, I'm thankful for that today. Because we walked in here today and we need you to speak to our hearts We need you to speak to where we're at, not just as a church, but as individuals, Father. We need to hear a word from you. So I just pray right now that give us ears to hear. Help us to see what the Spirit is saying. We thank you for this time together. We ask all these things in the matchless name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and by the power of the Holy Ghost. And all God's people together said, Amen. High five a few people. Tell them I'm glad I get to sit by you and you may be seated. Can you imagine being alive in 1923? Some of you think, I'm I'm not that far from there. Just kidding. Just joking. Sorry. That's bad. We had a lady growing up in my dad's church. And back then we called her by brother and sister, Sister Sally Wade. And Sister Sally lived to be 103 years old. Funny thing is, when I was home, I was telling, we were talking about her for some reason, and my dad said the interesting thing was she always thought she was dying all the time. She called and said, I'm about to die, and she lived to be 103 years old. But about a year before she passed, Sister Sally, my dad went to visit her in the nursing home, and she said, Preacher, I want you to do me a favor. I want you to pray for me to die. He said, Miss Sally, I'm not going to do that. Why do you want me to pray for you to die? And she said, because... I'm getting so old, all my friends are going to think I've died and gone to the wrong place because it's taken me so long. (laughs) I want you to imagine, though, for a moment, it's August 25th, 19 and 23. It was a Saturday here in Oklahoma at the Oklahoma conference. What was that then? Uh, Conference meeting. 
And a group of people had gathered, I'm assuming in Oklahoma City, I don't have that, that, those da that data, I'm assuming in Oklahoma City they gathered, and they decided that day that there needed to be a church, a Pentecostal holiness church specifically, in the city of Purcell. And they had some land that was deeded to them, I believe it was given to them maybe for a dollar, maybe for ten dollars, but um, it was given to them very cheap on the corner of 3rd and Apache here in Purcell, and a church was birthed in August 25th, 1923. We were on that corner for 89 years in the same place. There's a daycare there now, Thrive Daycare, if you want to go by there. I did a video that will come out this week on social media there just the other day, and um, they made it look really nice. And So anyway, but that was the old location for 89 years till we finally moved over here 11 years ago, and God blessed us with this facility we're in now. We've been here 11 years. When I've been thinking about this and looking back over old pictures and everything, I can't imagine how the world has changed in the last hundred years. Just in my lifetime, I'm 42 years old, and just from 1980 until now, it's amazing how things have changed. I'm in that kind of gap generation. I grew up where there was no computers in, my, in, in the houses when I was first born. We went to the library and played Oregon Trail. Somebody know what I'm talking about. If you're my age, you understand. We died of dysentery, all, whatever, how do you say that all the time? Um, yeah, I'm sorry, I'm not good at pronouncing words, but anyway. <clears throat> and then eventually, we got home computers. And then by the time I graduated high school, there was a lot of computers in a lot of homes. We went from no technology to having beepers and pagers where you would have to do 911 if you wanted somebody to hurry up and call you and all those kind of things to eventually cell phones that were like a brick in your pocket or you carried it on the side. I had one of those Nokia you could flip around real fast, you know, and I thought I was really something like I was like it was a gun I was going to pull out of my holster at any moment. <laughs> Till now, the technology we have. So... I remember my grandmother lived to be 94, and she died about 10 years ago, and she remembered as a child in southeast Oklahoma riding in a horse-drawn uh, carriage and riding in that. I can't imagine from 1923 to now how life has changed, but I know there's a few things that have not changed. Number one, God has not changed. The Bible says, I am the God that changes not. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so God has not changed. Number two, the gospel has not changed. It is still the power of God unto salvation that those that believe. And number three, I believe God's purposes and plan on this earth to see his kingdom established have not changed. God's not changed. He is still with us. That I believe the gospel still changes lives. And we're part of a kingdom that cannot be shaken. We're a part of something that is still going forth and I don't care what the culture says I don't care what the world says a hundred years later actually two thousand years later Jesus words still ring true I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it He's still building his church. He's still, the kingdom of God is still advancing. And I'm glad 2,000 years later, a lot of things might have changed, but there's still some things that have never changed. Amen? So how do we live in this? Three things. Number one, we look at the past, but we don't live in the past. We look at the past, but we don't live in the past. Warren Wiersbe said this. He said, your past can either be a rudder to guide you or an anchor to drag you. Your past can either be a rudder to guide you or it can be an anchor to drag you. You see, I believe the problem is some of us, we live in the past. We live in what happened. Maybe it's 
terrible things in our life. Maybe it's these bad things that we can't seem to let go of. It's shame and guilt from what happened. And we live in the past and it drags us down. But there's, there's some people that they live in the past and it's good things. I know a lot of churches that allow the past to drag them down because they live in the glory days. We remember when we had this amount of people. We remember when God did this. We remember the glory days. But listen to me. I don't want to live in the glory days. I want to live in glory in these days. Anybody with me this morning? I don't want to live in just the glory days of what used to happen. I want to see God continue to move because I believe if he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, then the same God, the same Holy Spirit that breathed in the book of Acts is still breathing today. He is still alive and well. And I'm thankful for what God did, but I understand I can't live there. I look at it, but I am going forward for what God has for us in our life right now. Amen? here's the thing, God showed me something this week that I'd never seen in Scripture. I'm not saying I'm the first person to ever see it. That probably sounds like heresy um, if that's the case. But the the truth is I've never really thought about this. You've heard me talk about this before. um, But whenever whenever Joshua and the children of Israel cross over into the, the promised land, they cross over on dry ground from the Jordan River. And the Bible says that God said, take 12 stones, one from every tribe, and build a memorial to remind you. Because here's what's going to happen. Your kids are going to be walking by one day, and they're going to say, Mama, Daddy, why are those rocks sitting over there? And you're going to tell them that's the spot where God helped us to walk across on dry land. That's the spot where God did something in our life, and you remind them. You see, remembering is important in the Bible. The Bible, I looked it up this week, and in the King James Version, or the New King James Version at least, I believe it's 256 times the word remember is used. If you understand why God even started the Passover. It said, remember, remind yourself how I brought you out of Egypt. Remind yourself of these things. And I believe it is important to glance back and remember. It's important for us to remember what God did. That's why God says, you know what? I'm the same God. I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I'm a multi-generational God. I did it before and I'll do it now. And we have to remember those things. We have to be reminded of those things. There are times in our life now that we know, God, you healed me before. You can heal me again. God, you delivered me before. You can deliver me again. God, you set me free before. There's some things I need to be set free of right now. You can do it again. We need to remember the goodness of God and how he ministered before. Amen? So remembering is important. But here's what I, I thought of. I've never thought of before. That wasn't the first time they had crossed on dry land. They did it at the Red Sea. But God didn't say, leave stones at the Red Sea. He didn't say, build a monument here. And here's the reason. He reminded them over and over, I brought you out of Egypt. I'm bringing you into the Canaan land. I I, I want you to remember that. But here's the reason why. Because there's some things God never intended for them to go back to that place. God never intended for them to even walk back that direction. He said, I've got something else for you. You put these stones right here, but that's in the promised land. I, I, I want you to remember in the promised land what's going on. But you go forward in what has. And here's what I want you to see this morning is this. That I believe there's some parts of your past that some of you are hanging on to that God says you need to stop remembering this. You need to let it go and leave it and walk on and it's not a place you need to visit again. It is not something you need to be reminded of. The devil wants to bring it up but he is the accuser of the brethren and God said I set you free from that. It's not something you need to remember. You need to let go of that and you stop living in your past. Amen. But I believe not only do we look, do we look in the past, but also we look forward to the future. 
Because you see, what God has for us, I believe, is greater than we can even imagine in this moment. Notice what Habakkuk says. Habakkuk says that the vision is yet for an appointed time. There are some things in your life that God tells you about now that won't happen until later on. That's difficult sometimes because God gives us a promise. And when you know it's the promise of God, I'm not talking about pizza you had last night and you woke up thinking about some things, but when you know it is the promise of God, when you know that it is God that spoke to you, listen to me, if God says it, it will come to pass. He says, I am not a man that I should lie, nor the son of man that I, that I will take it back. I'm not, excuse me, God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. Thank you. I would learn in just a second. Wesley, let's put the first service on YouTube and not the second today because I just blew scripture in the, first, in, the, in the second one. Thank you. I am not a man that I should lie, nor the son of man that I should repent. If I said it, it will come to pass. And listen to me. If God has given you a promise, you can take it to the bank that he is going to do it. And I believe this. Some of you, God has given a promise. He's promised you your children are coming home. He's promised you that you're gonna, your finances are going to change. He's promised you some things that you're going to be healed and set free. And there's some things you're holding on to. And listen, I know what the, goes on around you. I know what the world says. But I want you to know today, you have to hang on to those things. It is yet for an appointed time. God is still at work. Just because you haven't seen it now doesn't mean it's not going to happen. And you've got to look forward to the future believing the same God that did it then is the same God that's going to do it again. The same God and we look forward to the future believing that God is still at work and that God is still moving and still ministering. Amen? And so I don't let the past define me. I don't let the past hold me back. But I look forward to what God has for my future. Amen? And then number three, we build on a foundation already laid. We build on a foundation already laid. The Apostle Paul says this in Corinthians. Paul says this. He said... We are laying, we are, we are building on a foundation we have not laid. We're building on something, we're not the ones that laid it. I want you to know today, Landmark, I'm going somewhere with this, but stick with me through some stories. I want you to know today that we are here today, not because of us, but because of people that have gone before us. That there are a lot of churches that can't say they've been around 100 years, because at some point, the church shuts down. We had four ladies when I first became pastor of this church. Four ladies sat on a row. In our old church, it was a shotgun-style church. We had two sections. Four ladies sat right over here about three or four rows down. And the ladies were Gladys Wyatt, Beth Pritchett, Edna Johnson, who daughter Michelle comes to our church. She was in the first service today. And um, Dorothy Thompson. These four ladies were prayer warriors. These four ladies believed God for the impossible. Because two of these ladies, Gladys and Beth, attended our church for almost 70 years. There was one time there was only five people left in this church. Five people. They were going to shut it down until somebody came in and said, we'll pastor these five people and got it built back up. There was five people. Two of those were Gladys and Beth. Now listen, I don't mean this to be rude today, but there are some people that when they look at what God wants to do, their attitude is just like King Hezekiah in the Bible. One of the saddest portions of Scripture to me is in Isaiah, and it's also in the Chronicles, when King Hezekiah says to, or Isaiah comes to King Hezekiah, and he says to him, what did you let the Babylonians see when they came to visit? What did you let them see? And Hezekiah said, oh, they saw everything. There was not one treasure 
I didn't show them. And Isaiah said, you've done the wrong thing. Because you showed them everything, then they are going to take everything. Everything is going to be taken because of what you did, Hezekiah. But then he says this, and some of your sons are going to be taken from here. In other words, it's going to happen later on, but your own family is going to be taken and put into slavery. And listen to Hezekiah's answer. This is one of the saddest verses in the Bible to me. Hezekiah said, the word of the Lord is good. Now wait a minute, Hezekiah. God just told you your kids, your grandkids, are going to be taken into slavery and taken somewhere else and they're going to be moved from here and everything you are ruling over right now is going to be destroyed and it's going to be stolen and you just said the word of the Lord is good wine. Here's what Hezekiah said. Because at least there'll be peace in my generation. At least as long as I'm alive, it'll be fine. And you know what? They can do whatever they want with it later on. It won't matter anymore because I'll be dead and gone. Who cares? That's what Hezekiah said. And you know what? These ladies could have looked at our church and said, you know what? I've been sewing here for this uh, for a long time. You know what? I, I'm done. You guys come in and shut the church down. Who cares? We, you know what? After us, who cares? I'm getting older. It doesn't matter. Or you know what we can say right now? Let's just let's, let's forget about the kids. Let's forget about future generations. Let's just, let's just enjoy what we can right now, and then we're out of here. I want you to hear me this morning, okay? I want you to hear what I'm going to say, because don't misunderstand me. Jesus can come back at any moment. I mean, right now he can come back, any moment. But here's the problem. All my life I've heard people act like, well, Jesus is coming back, so we don't need to do anything. I don't have to do anything. Jesus is coming back. We can just sit here and wait on him. And listen, do you realize 100 years ago, there was a group of people in Purcell, Oklahoma, that believed that Jesus could come back at any moment. They believed that. And I still believe it. But I want you to hear me say something. We live like we are ready for him to come back at any moment, but we work like it could be another hundred years. We live in anticipation that it could happen any moment, but we help the kingdom of God go forward. Jesus said, occupy until I come. That we are not called just to sit down and sit idle and say, you know what? Maybe Jesus is coming back right now, so we're just going to wait. We'll see. And who cares what happens after us? I'll be dead and gone. Listen to me. I want my ceiling to be the floor for the next generation. The reason that our church is here today, you know what? When God started moving, some of those ladies could have said we don't like this we got a young preacher in here he talks too loud we don't like some things about it you know what she Gladys told me one day she said preacher she was in her 80s I want you to meet my son he's about your age I was 27 years old I'm thinking Gladys either you're confused or you're Sarah and you had a baby late in life so I said Miss Gladys how old's your son he's in his 50s I said Miss Gladys I'm 27 years old she goes you are I said, you didn't know you voted in a youth pastor, did you? She goes, no, I didn't. I thought, well, I'm glad you didn't know. You, you didn't catch that part. You might have voted no when they voted me. But you know what? These ladies didn't get mad. You know, I'll never forget a service. Gladys played the tambourine. And, and I mean, she played it. She's one of those people. I love this. And I love her family. They know this. But we, we laugh about this. She played the same beat no matter what. I mean, if it was Amazing Grace or Victory in Jesus, bang, 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 the same thing. And I'll never forget her walking off the stage and Josh was playing the drums and there were people playing. And, and I'll never forget, I, this, is, this is to me is the picture 
of what passing it on to the next generation looks like. She was so excited to see people involved and younger people involved. She grabs that tambourine and holds it up and she says, play it again, boys. And she started ringing that tambourine as loud as she could. What she was saying is this, the same thing the Bible says, one generation shall praise thy works to the next generation. And what she was saying is, you know what? I want, after I'm dead and gone, I want my legacy to continue. I actually live in a parsonage today that her family donated to our church. And I think about Gladys all the time. The legacy she made here of these ladies who poured into this place. I can tell you I'm here today because of people like Ben and Benaline and Jean Mayo. We call them Man and Palsy that poured into me. Their daughter Debbie was here the first service. They poured into me as a young preacher because of Lena Trammell who could have walked out and said, you know what? My husband was the pastor. He died. I'm going to leave. But Lena didn't. She stuck around and she bridged the gap between the young preacher that was single and didn't know what he was doing and a group of people that she loved and she stayed behind and she bridged the gap for us so that I could step into who I was called to be and I can think back over the years of all of the people I see Pam over here and Leola her mama I think about the people over the years that have poured into this church that have made a difference in this church and I think time and time again that we are here today not just because of what I've done I am standing on somebody else's shoulders today I am building on a foundation I didn't lay but you know what God's got to correct me this morning I got corrected right here during the first service because Benjamin came in and he, they, were going, they were going to be here both services he wanted to come and watch people baptize he like baptized what he says all the time and he wanted to come watch them and he comes up and he, I'm holding him he grabs my leg and I'm holding him and he's raising his hands and worshiping and he's getting older and getting bigger and so I put him down at one point because it's kind of heavy and I'm trying to worship, and he's kicking the back of my leg. Now, I don't want him kicking people's legs. Don't misunderstand me. He was just excited. He wasn't doing it to be rude. He just, and I, I was getting like my dad. He might grow up with a parent that swatted you in the back seat, you know, did all this. And you're in the back seat dodging like this back there. I was like, boy, calm down. And you know what? I got rebuked by the Lord. Because I'm not saying I want my son to be unruly. Don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying I want him. He went back to class right after that. He just wanted to watch me get baptized. But you know what? He, in his excitement, he's just kicking his legs, and, and I, I'm feeling it. And if I, if I can't put up with a little bit of my legs being kicked so that that generation can see what God wants to do, there's not something wrong with them. There's something wrong with me. Because I want that generation to not hear about what God has done. I want them to experience for themselves. I want them, the reason that we believe that God is still at work right now is because I'm glad there's revivals of the past, but I don't want to read about them only. I want to experience them in the moment. I'm glad God's done things before, but I don't want to live in glory days just thinking about those things. I want to experience it now, and I want the next generation to experience God for themselves. I want them to have a relationship so when tough times come, they have something to hold on to because they, have experienced God for themselves. And I believe at Landmark Church, we are a multi-generational church. We had some visitors here this morning. We had some visitors in our first service, and they mentioned, they looked around, and they said, we love to see the variety of ages. And I said, because we believe at Landmark Church that God is at work in every generation, and we want to pass it down. We are building on a foundation, but God is not done. We believe there's still something in the future. We look forward to the future. The past is good in a lot of ways. Some of us terrible. There's some past that's good, but even the good past isn't holding us back because God has better and greater things in store for us in the future.
But some of you walked in here today and you got some promises you're holding on to, but you haven't seen them happen yet. God's promised me some things for this place we haven't seen happen yet. And you've got some things in your life. You believe God is going to do it, but you've not seen it. And you need strength today. And listen to my words. Though it tarries, it's not over yet. Though it tarries doesn't mean he's done. It's just in the waiting process. And God says to you today, if you'll keep building that foundation, that I can tell you I'm here today because of people that pray for me. But listen to me, I want to say this to you, and I'm almost done. Some of you, God wants to break things off your life so that the legacy and the lineage that comes from you will not be what you've experienced. But you know what? Years later, people, your family will look back and they won't see the person that went through all these things. All that your grandkids are going to know you as a godly person that took them to church and prayed over them. And when they hear those stories about your past, they'll say, I would have never thought that God delivered you and set you free. Some of you are building a lineage and a heritage that is not what you grew up with. You grew up with these other things. You, you know, and you walked in here with this stuff. But listen to me, you might have walked in here an alcoholic, but you can leave set free today so your kids don't have to experience that. You might have seen divorce through your whole life and your family, but God wants to put your marriage back together and strengthen you today so you can walk out of here restored so that generations will know what a good marriage is supposed to be like. You walked in here one way today, but God wants to strengthen you and set you free so the lineage and the legacy is not your past that you've done wrong. It's a future that is bright as the promises of God, and you can see God do some incredible things. Why don't you stand to your feet this morning? Hey, everybody, thank you so much. We are so honored that you chose to join us today for this message. And our prayer is for you and your family that you would be uplifted and encouraged. If today you receive Christ or if you would like to give to the vision of Landmark Church, if you would go to our website, www.landmarkchurchok.com, there's more information there, how you can do all of that. And also, if you have a prayer request, please let us know how we can be praying for you guys. We love you and hope you have a blessed time.